Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. Now, I'm your host, Mark Kodo, and this is this is episode 22 of Kodo Cinema. So, yeah, that is that is definitely good. So, anyway, um, I forgot to mention last week uh, that I am doing. I'll be doing a podcast uh, uh, once a week throughout the summer until the end of July because I'm actually here for a uh, summer internship with WEIU. So, so basically, you'll probably see more uh, podcast episodes of Kodo Cinema. So, yeah, that'll be fun. A summer podcast. So, anyway, on to the episode. So, to start off, a lot of people have grown up watching a lot of fantasy movies in your childhood days, right? That is true. And to be fair, that is very common because we all seen a lot of fantasy movies like Harry Potter, The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, Willow, The Princess Bride, Fantasia, even superhero movies like Thor, Doctor Strange, among many other fantasy movies. Yes, even the TV show Game of Thrones. I only saw the first episode, by the way. For fantasy movies, Disney is known to create many great fantasy fantasy stories, or should I say, Disney movies based on fairy tale fairy tales. The fantasy movies that, the or um, stories. I mean, the fantasy stories that we grew up as kids, right? While Disney Disney isn't the only film studio to create fantasy fantasy movies. And we can agree that studios like Warner Brothers, Universal, 20th Century Fox, among many other studios, can make great, great fantasy movies, too. Pixar, that also goes with Pixar, because Pixar is one of the fil- film studios that comes to my mind. And, uh, and while they don't have a really huge track record of uh, fantasy movies, although they do create great animated movies, however, one of the fantasy movies that Pixar has made is, you guessed it, Onward. Yes, I also mentioned Onward on my top 10 movies that are being pushed on demand or pushed to another release date on last week's episode due to, you know what, COVID-19. But anyway, I'm going to review Disney Pixar's Onward. Disney Pixar's Onward is an animated fantasy movie set in a modernized fantasy world, which combines the fantasy world and today's modern day world. Seems like an interesting combination, right? Being Pixar's third animated fantasy movie overall, with 2012's Brave being the first for Pixar, including 2017's Coco, Onward has become a fantasy film that tackles today's world in a different light. Before the movie came out, a lot of people thought the movie would be interesting to watch, despite the modern world, the modern world adding to the fantasy world. The setting is creative, bringing in a sense of imagination, I mean, hey, we all have fan- fantasy imaginations in our minds, so so uh, that's something that we all grew up with as uh, kids. The film also includes characters with the voice talents of Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Julia Louise Dreyfus, and Octavia Spencer. So, so do you think this movie would be good? Do you think Onward is actually a pretty good movie? I think so. I mean, I mean, before this movie came out, I mean, we kind of expected that this f- film might be pretty good, but. But I think this might be good because due to the setting, the characters, including the animation as well. So, anyway, let us sit back, relax, relax, grab your popcorn, your fantasy cards if you have any. <laughs> because we are going on a quest. Onward, my loyal subjects. Here's my review of Onward. Here we go. So, the film opens in the fantasy world setting where we get to see mythical creatures. 
mythical creatures, including uh, the centaurs, the half ma- half half man, half goat of fairies, elves, men, uh, dwarves, and elves. Uh, oh wait, oh wait, the, maybe the other. Th- oh wait, maybe uh, maybe the humans were probably probably in Lord of the Rings or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, sorry, I was trying to make a Lord of the Rings reference. So, anyway, is it just me, or am I getting Fantasia vibes while watching this movie? Mainly the opening. Heck, maybe maybe some Dungeons and Dragons vibes, too. <laughs> anyway, the film follows through the mythical and fantasy creatures going on a quest, but soon comes into a difficult task to master the quest, which is magic. Because uh, in this movie, in this movie, surprisingly, the, it seems like our uh, our explorers or creatures who are going on a quest are having a difficult time learning how to use magic, which is definitely surprising in terms of the writing. But this leads into the invention of many advanced technology. Even in the nonfiction world, there are technical advances being made in the fantasy world for movies. Man, talk about ahead of this time. Okay, okay, I know that's not how it works. But guys, it's just a movie. We all know how technology advanced in history. This was just made for uh, for the movie, okay? This was made for the movie. I know there's technically inaccuracies here. I understand that, but look, look. This is just a movie, all right? Onward is just a movie, okay? Okay, so anyway... Many years later, we get to see the fantasy world in a modernized suburb with technologies, with technology advancements. Like I said, it's definitely creative for for a move for a movie. So we get to meet our main main characters, who turn out to be elves, or should I say, elvish characters named Ian Lightfoot, voiced by Tom Holland, who is a sixteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old elf who is basically in high school, and. And is also a uh, a self who's low on self confidence, and he lives with his older brother Bar- Barley Light- Lightfoot, voiced by Chris Pratt, who's somewhat of a fanatic and the elf who remembers the past of the fan- past of the fantasy world, who also lives with their mom named Laurel, Laurel, voiced by Julia Louise Dreyfus, who you may actually recognize her from from Disney Pixar's Bugs Life. She she played a Princess Ada in, Bug, in Bugs Life. So, you may actually remember, you actually may remember her in that, from that movie. And, of course, Seinfeld. <laughs> can't, can't forget that. So, basically, Laurel lives with her boyfriend, who turns out to be a centaur named Colt Bronco, voiced by Mel Rodriguez. Huh, I guess someone is a Colt and Bronco fan, huh? I mean, like I said, the fantasy world is definitely created, but uh, there is a bit of a minor problem, but bear with me, please. The character design for Ian Lightfoot throws me off guard a lot. I mean, uh, do not, don't get me wrong. I love Tom Holland in this movie, and he, I think he did an amazing job with the voice work in this movie. It's just his design, because his design looks like uh, more like Linguini for Ratatouille combining something from the Smurfs. Like, I mean, yeah, I get it. He's an elf. I mean, elves have different designs, but the, the, the design itself literally throws me off. It kind of does throw me off. I mean, I mean, in, in, in respect, I get it. They probably took a lot of time with the design, but I mean, I mean, we could have got a little bit of a better design. I mean, look, 
I get it. I get it. This is this is different. Okay, this is just my opinion. All right, that's just my opinion. All right. Uh, all right. So anyway, anyway, or or it could be the fact that living in the mushrooms, that that he lives in, kind of gave it away. Wow, this is like a little little bit of a Smurfs reference because Smurfs do live in mushrooms as well. So anyway, that is just my minor flaw of this film. That's just my minor flaw. I know everybody else is probably has a different opinion too. So yeah. So anyway, the film also goes into a moment where Barley was caught by the police for protecting an ancient historical fountain from the past that will soon be erased. I'm going to be honest with you, removing history is letting, letting the past die because of how today's uh, society is overshadowing the past. I'm pretty sure that moment alone was taken from, from the let the past die quote from Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. I guess, uh, I guess somebody's been taking notes here. But in this movie, uh, Ian, Ian's trying to celebrate his 16th birthday by trying to do new things, which is basically making a list of things to do. Uh, what new things uh, should I ask? Well, uh, trying to hang out with new friends and invite them to his birthday party and learning how to drive. Actually, that's a, that's a one, one of a few things on this list, learning how to drive. Although that ends in embarrassment for, for Ian, especially when his younger when his, I mean, excuse me, older brother Barley drives in in his van called Guinevere as he's trying to pick him up from school and then embarrasses Ian. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, high school. Yeah, high school can be, uh, it can be hit or miss at times, especially when it comes to siblings. But, but hey, sometimes, uh, uh, yeah, it can be a bit embarrassing too. So, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, later that night, Ian gets a surprise birthday gift from his deceased father named Wilden. And can you guess what, what birthday present it is? Well, it turns out to be a magical staff, and a, along with with a phoenix gem and a letter that he could, and a letter from his from his father that he that tells him that he can wield the staff and see his father again for one day, one day, which is technically twenty four hours. Yeah, that is base. Well, the spell itself is a visitation spell, FYI. So Ian uses the staff, and the spell begins to cast, casting the spell to bring his father back. Although one problem is he he lacks in the magical skills. Yeah, yeah, I get it. He's technically new to this. Although before that, Barley was trying to use the magical staff, but it wasn't able but wasn't able to do it. So it looks like uh, Ian was worthy enough to wield the magic staff. Uh, am I am I getting am I am I getting a Thor reference right here? Because it, it seems like uh, Ian was more worthy to use the staff in in onward. Okay, that's just probably my point of view. But anyway, but anyway, uh, but anyway, Ian was on, Ian uh, lost the focus of the staff, but it was, but the only lower half of his of his father's body was able to appear, which is his legs. And this also brings up a question. Are you sure the ge the Phoenix gem that he was using wasn't an Infinity Stone? <laughs> Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure Thanos would have wanted that gem because it may have an Infinity Stone in it. <laughs> okay, maybe not. I mean, I'm joking around it, but okay, maybe not. But anyway, Ian and, Bar Ian and Barley notice it. And... They can only only see half of their dad because, but the other problem is the Phoenix gem is destroyed. 
Oh my god, the gem is destroyed. Better call on Thanos to rewind time with the time stone on, his, on the gauntlet. <laughs> so the, the only way for Ian and Barley to see their dad again and find a new gem is to, you guess it, go, go on a quest. So, so, grab, grab your... So pack your things and grab your, ma grab, your ma grab your magical staff and stuff because we are going on a quest. Well, before they left, Ian makes a list of things that he wants to do with his dad once the upper half of his body is lifted. Or should I say, appear. So, anyway, so Ian, Barley, and the bottom half of, of their father, Wilden, begin their quest for the gem by driving in the Guinevere van, van to the tavern, which turned out, turned out to be a family restaurant, so they, so they can meet up with a manticore named Cory. Named Cory, voiced by Octavia Spencer. And for those of you who don't know, the manticore is a part lion, part dragon, part scorpion-like creature. Well, in this film, I mean, there has been different versions of manticores and... In, in history for, for fantasy or, or, or for myth. So anyway, Ian and Barley are trying to figure out wh where to go for the new gem with Corey's help from, from a surprisingly kid's menu, but soon realizes that her life right now, right now working in the restaurant is technically boring. And I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be honest with you, Octavia Spencer as the manticore is probably one of the best parts in this film. Because she literally gives it all by bringing in a lot of good moments. Particularly the moment where she accidentally burns down the tavern. But soon teams up with Ian and Barley's mom, Laurel. Well, that will be throughout the movie. But the manticore forgot to tell Ian and Barley about the curse that... The curse that the, that the two will, will... The curse that will, that will, that will be awakened. Once, once they find a gem. And when I'm talking about curse, I am talking about a certain curse. What kind of curse, you may ask? Uh, technically, you'll probably find out sooner or later. But, hey, hey. Maybe accidental, accidentally waking, waking the dead with an army of skeletons coming by? No, no, that probably would never happen. Uh, not, not in a Disney Pixar movie, probably. Okay, maybe. Oh, wait, that's right. Pirates of the Caribbean did that. So, anyway. On top of that, the Manticore and Laura... On top of that, the Manticore and Laurel drove to an antique store to reclaim the Manticore's old sword. Uh, how were they able to reclaim the old sword? Well, they did go to an antique store, as I mentioned, but I think they probably got... Uh, I totally forgot what, that, what happened, but I think they got out of it pretty smoothly and, and hilarious. Oh, boy. Okay, so after the burn down of the tavern, Ian and Barley set off again to Raven's Point. Which, uh, which came from the map that the Manticore gave them. Along the, along the way, the van has ran out of gas, which gave Barley an idea for Ian to use the magic staff to make a huge gas tank, which is, I think it's, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I think it's one of those, like, one of those gas pumps that you have, like, where it's full with a gallon of gas or something, and then you fill it up in the car, which is basically not at a gas station, but once you fill it up, it then go to the gas station or something. I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I'm, I'm doing my best to be, spe be specific here. But anyway, so anyway, uh, Barley tells Ian to use the magic staff to make to make a huge gas tank. So Barley tells tells him to remain focused, focus, focus on the magic. But he ultimate, ultimately interrupts him. And, and Ian accidentally shrunks uh, Barley to a size of a smurf. <laughs> 
Okay, no, okay, not really. But anyway, yes, he did shrink Barley to a tiny elf, or which is basically like a Smurf-like size. Even Barley's voice is so high, not even Ant-Man, Ant-Man can go toe-to-toe with him in that size. <laughs> okay, okay, maybe I'm going a little bit overboard on this, but come on. I mean, I could totally see Ant-Man seeing Barley, or should I say Star-Lord, as a small, tiny elf. And he'll be like, wow, what happened to you? Is it me, or did you, or did I got, got smaller? Yeah, maybe I'm going a little bit overboard, but hey, anyway. So anyway, uh, anyway, Barley does notice that he got shrunk by Ian because because of the fact he Barley distracted Ian while trying to grow while trying to use magic to grow the gas tank. So anyway, Ian blames Barley because he did not have complete focus to make the gas huge. So anyway, so they both decide to go to a local gas station where a motorcycle gang, which reveals to be the Daughters of Pixie Anarchy, them Daughters of Pixie Anarchy shows up to give them both a run for their pixie dust. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yes, there was a motorcycle gang of pixies, and they don't even use their wings to fly, but they decided to use uh, decided to ride motorcycles. Anyway, anyway, move over, Pixie Hollow. These motorcycle pixies don't mess around. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That moment was definitely hilarious to see a motorcycle gang of pixies riding motorcycles instead of flying. I mean, (laughs) that is so hilarious at the same time. So anyway, this leads into a car chase where the pixies are chasing them down on the free on the freeway after Ian and Barley fi- after Ian and Barley and their father accidentally knocking over their motorcycles while filling their while filling up the van. Along 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 the way, Barley teaches Ian how to drive on the freeway to get away from the pixies, and somehow Barley grows back to his original original size. So, hey, so hey, the the magic spell wear off, surprisingly. So anyway, they managed to escape the pixies, only to get pulled over by the cops. Uh-oh, uh-oh, that looks like they're busted. Although, uh, they trying to find a way to, to help distract the cops. So anyway, uh, Ian and Barley decided to use a magic spell to, to, to disguise themselves as Colt Brocco. Through some funny, but eh, sometimes often cringing and unnecessary writing, uh, Barley... Barley and Ian were able to man, were able were able to get out of this pretty well, but only for the cops to to ask ask uh, to ask Colt Bronco about Barley being a screw up, which definitely upsets Barley. Okay, um, yeah, that was definitely a question that that was brought up and if you kind of think about it if you remember the opening where barley kind of got arrested for trying to protect an a his, ancient historical fountain that's basically trying to remember the past but somehow they want to remove it so technically i'm i'm definitely surprised how the cops knew about how those cops knew about that even though yeah maybe every cop kind of knows about it but that's just probably my point of view so anyway and come to think of it, it is interesting on the fact that Barley is somewhat of a screw-up in this movie. I mean, you see a couple of scenes, you see a few scenes where he kind of screws up and embarrasses Ian a little bit, but 
But anyway, I think it's the fact that it's the fact that he misses what life life with magic was all about. The reason why, because he missed the original life of magic, is because he wants to learn more of magic instead instead of not learning magic in today's society that he's living in now. And come to think about it, I mean, like in this movie, you you rarely see any magic in this movie. Besides uh, Ian and Bar- Barley learning how to do that, none of the ma- none of the myth- mythical creatures or characters in this movie don't even don't even know magic. They probably they probably they probably didn't even know about that because it, magic has been overshadowed at the time in this film, which is definitely off putting at times. But you know, it's eh, but you know, hey, anyway, yeah. So anyway, so anyway, um. So anyway, so anyway, uh, so anyway, another reason is that their dad, their father, Wilden, learned magic at the time before his death. It is hard to, you know, sometimes it is hard to accept reality because society was different back then, and that is how how Barley feels in this movie, trying to remember what reality was like back then, before before society took over. But Ian cheers cheers Barley up by doing a dance number along with their dad. So hey, there's something to cheer, something good to cheer up with. After after that point, the trio continue their quest to Ravens Point as they come across a drawbridge that can be drawn from across from across to which Ian has to use the staff to walk across, and. And this scene alone is one of the most intense scenes in this film film overall because Ian who is new to magic has to learn how to walk across the bridge using a magical staff so basically kind of like and believing in magic so basically basically he has to believe in magic to cross the to cross to cross an invisible bridge so he could get to the other side and draw the bridge down uh surprisingly why did he even do that to the on the other side didn't do that from the other side Uh, that is a question that I do not know this scene alone has similarities to the invisible bridge scene from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where Indiana Jones has to believe in God in order to cross the bridge, the invisible bridge, which is definitely an intense moment. Thankfully, Ian makes it over there and brings the bridge bridge down for Barley to cross. Hey, hey, that was... And hey, Ian was learning how to do it too. As the trio continue, Colt, Bronco, and the police force surprisingly followed them, and they started to chase the three down to Raven's Point, only for Barley to sacrifice his van to block the police force from catching up. And where did he block the police force? Basically right next to a cliff, or a mountainside or a cliff, as, as a landslide blocks the cops, blocks the road so the cops can't pass through. Rest in peace uh, to Barley's van. So the three enter a cave where they are sailing down a dark river, river with Ian, practicing his magical magic skills with his staff. To the film's credit, Ian and Barley are the only two characters that brings the movie together. Tom Holland and Chris Pratt do an amazing jo- job bringing bringing their voice to life on these two characters. On top of that, Ian and Barley both have different point of views in life, but they still love each other, even when they go on a quest. The two were starting to know each other very well, despite their arguments along the way. Even when Barley tries to help out Ian, it is still good, even though Ian accidentally shrunk him. But hey, that was probably an accident, and 
technically kind of funny. <laughs> so Barley reveals to Ian that he wasn't able to say goodbye to his father, Wilden, due to his emotions, which is definitely pretty sad and hard to overcome with because because here's the, here's the thing. Ian never got a chance to see his father because he was because he he was technically never born. He was never born because he because he was about to be born at the time his father passed away. So that is definitely sad for Ian to not see his father. Only Barley was able to see his father for his entire life. But and not saying goodbye to his father is definitely hard to overcome with. But anyway, um. But anyway, I, but anyway, uh, somehow the adventure continues. The quest continues on because Ian, Barley, and Wilden are now um, at the end of the dark at, at the end of the dark river as they are about to face obstacles and traps, which looks like a combination of the Mines of Moria for Lord of the Rings and Indiana Jones, including a gigantic green cube je like Jello that turns out to be poisonous and chases the trio trio towards the end of the hallway. Good thing that Jello didn't have the spikes like what Toy Story 2 had had for Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear in the opening sequence for that movie. But it turns out the three are stuck in a circle in the middle of a circle and their only way out is up. So what did they do? They had to push a button from the bottom where water fills them up to the top. This also leads to another intense moment as as the water keeps filling up. They had they still had to push a button. So basically. Yeah, that is definitely def definitely an intense moment. And and on top of that, they were able to make it out alive. To the film's surprise, Ian, Barley, and Wilden end up at Ian's high school. And what does that do have to do with the quest? I do not know, but that is definitely I'll admit, that is definitely a good twist in that movie because you know because technically you're back the way you started. Does that mean you're going in circles, or does that mean you? It was completely surprise. Surprise? I don't know. But anyway, this gets Ian upset because he thought Barley took his brother and father in circles, even though they knew what they're even though they knew what they're doing from the start. From the start, they go on a quest. They they go. They want to go where they're going to find the the Phoenix Gem, but somehow they ended up at the high school. So why there? What's the point of there? But actually, we'll find out later. So, Ian blames his blames Barley for being for being reckless along for being a reckless brother, especially on the trip. So basically, Ian leaves leaves and takes his bo his bottomless father out for a walk for one last time before he disappears. So, and then Barley decides to. Look at the historical fountain once more to see what he can find. Later on, later on, uh, later on, uh, Laurel and and the Manticore are definitely were definitely on the road, were on the road at the time. So yeah, so basically the fa so basically the fa Wilden and Ian sat out on the edge of a cliff with Ian with on a on a cliff while I Ian is reading over a list of things that he wants to do with his dad. He actually had that throughout the throughout the entire movie, by the way. And while looking over the list, he soon realizes of all the things that he has done on the, li on the list, but not with his father, but with his brother, Barley. And he has been doing, and Barley has been doing everything for him throughout his entire life. And, 
and throughout the trip too, making his older brother making his older brother a father fi father figure. Coming to think about it, sometimes even even your siblings can be good father figures too. Even though even Ian never got a chance to see his father once more. This moment alone is a heartwarming moment for Ian because siblings can become parent figures too. No matter how good or reckless your siblings are, they are always there for you. Just like your, just like your mom and dad. And it does go into flashbacks of Ian and Barley as kids. Where they do all their fun where they do all their fun activities with them. And that's basically that is basically good. Because sometimes even thinking back then, your 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 brother or sister were there to help you, even in hard times. And sometimes and sometimes fun times too. That's definitely a good point. That is definitely a good point in this movie because uh, because this is technically like a buddy, a buddy film or a sibling film, that you that, that basically going on a quest or an adventure with your with a, a brother or sister, is definitely something that could, they can do, which is definitely pretty definitely a good point in this movie. Unfortunately, Barley finds the Phoenix gem in the historic fountain that he was at and retrieves it, lift. And somehow a curse has been lifted upon the land. Oh no! Oh no! Oh my God! Oh my God! What kind of curse is it? Uh, is it a curse where uh, is it a, a curse where Sau Sauron comes back to life and a alliance of, of men and elves and dwarves come come to march to march and fight it? Or is it the fact? Or maybe is it the fact that an army of skeletons comes back to life? Uh, technically, I don't know if they, that's how it works. But anyway. The curse itself turns out to be a golem-like dragon with bricks, bronze, and rubble from Ian's high school. And I'll, I will definitely admit that is definitely clever of the film of the uh, of the animation designs or the artists doing doing that. So Laurel and the Manticore finally arrive to the scene where the Manticore begins the attack on the dragon with her own sword. Ian joins in on the fight before the dragon smacks Ian's staff into the ocean. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's Ian going to do? But, thankfully, a splinter on Ian's hand from the from the staff has formed a new one. Ian's, Ian's new staff finishes the magic spell to help bring Wilden back to life while the manticore is distracting the dragon. Throughout the battle, the dragon gains the upper claw on the manticore, leading, leading Ian to help. But what about Barley and his dad? What's going to happen? Ian asks Barley to see his dad one last time before, because he knows that Barley never gave his dad a proper goodbye. Even though Ian wants to see his dad more, but sometimes, but sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta let your, you gotta let somebody else to say a proper goodbye. So Ian, this, Ian holds holds his own against the dragon, only for his mother to deliver the final blow in the dragon's heart by using the magic sword. And the dragon blows up. Yep, that was a blow up. <laughs> Ian is so and Ian somehow trapped in all that rubble from the dragon's destruction. But he sees Barley and his and his dad in his final form through a small opening of the rubble. And I will admit, 
the, the scene along with Barley and his dad, Wilden, is probably the moment where I almost cried during that moment because it's definitely a heartwarming moment. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 oh, jeez. I mean, I wanted to cry. I did want to cry, but it's definitely a heartwarming moment because uh, Barley was able to see his father again for one last time because they were because they only had 24 hours to see him. But hey, the, at least at the last minute, they were able to see him again at the last minute. Even though Ian never got to say goodbye, uh, goodbye, he was able to see him through a small opening. He was able to see him, even though he was happy to see him, but even though he never got a chance to talk to his father. And then he disappears. <laughs> oh, God. Excuse me. Please excuse me. I'm sorry. I... I I can't hold it in. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, um, so so after that, uh, Barley runs over to help Ian, and he tells him that their dad is proud of proud of them. That is definitely a great moment. The two of them share the and the two of them share a hug in the end. In the end. So anyway, in the end, Ian learns how to do more magic with his new staff, impressing Barley. Hey, talk about being impressive with with magic. Hey, hey! If he keeps doing magic pretty well, maybe he might get a get a school a uh, maybe he might get a letter to Hogwarts or something. I don't know. Maybe that. Eh, I'm just that probably may happen. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, or or a college or the College of Magic or something. So anyway, so anyway, the man and then the Manticore reopens her her tavern again with a few good renovations from the past while telling her story of of how she become of who of how she became who she is. Barley and Ian continue to have a good relationship with Colt Bronco, and Ian surprises Barley with, <gasps> "Ooh, what's the surprise? A portal to a portal to Avengers Endgame!" No, 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 <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. Uh, Ian surprises Barley with a new van called Guinevere Two. That that is a that is a new that is a pretty good surprise. Because uh, because his van was destroyed during during the during the chase at Ravensport. So hey. So hey, that is definitely something in return. Buying buying Barley a new van. And to conclude, the two go on a quest once more. And there you have it, folks. That is my review of Disney Pixar's Onward. What do you guys think? Do you think I missed a few moments in this movie? Have you guys seen the movie? Have you guys seen the movie? Are you interested in seeing this movie at all? Please please let me know. So anyway, Onward is an epic fantasy movie. And while it is a pretty good animated film for a standalone Pixar movie, there were definitely a few moments in the film that kind of lagged on or are necessary to have. But the movie itself is, is definitely created with a touch of modern day society. And if I were to put this on a, a list of great Pixar movies, I wouldn't put it up on the top because uh, technically Toy Story, movies like Toy Story, Incredibles, uh, uh, Finding Nemo and Monsters Inc. are definitely probably higher on the list. So technically, it's more likely in the middle. More likely in the middle, but it will definitely top Cars too. And while it may, and it will probably also top Brave as well. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. 
So anyway, I still had a problem with the character design for Ian, though. But but anyway, I actually enjoyed Ian. The character is himself. I enjoyed Tom Holland's take. I enjoyed Tom Holland's take on Ian, though. He actually did a pretty nice job bringing in the the low self-confidence of what Ian's character was like in this movie while also learning the ways of magic. On top of that, this movie leaves you wanting more. Uh, wanting more, like like a sequel, a short, or, or a spinoff, or maybe a TV show. But it is hard to tell if we are going to get a sequel or not. And here's the reason why. COVID-19. COVID-19 had a huge impact on all the movies, on a lot of movies, especially with Onward. Because Onward came out, came to theaters on March 6th with high expectations. But with COVID-19 hitting, hitting the area, it interfered the box office, making over, over $100 million on a budget between $175 to $200 million, which is definitely a low point in the box office, making Onward a box office bomb. And uh, this wasn't the first Pixar movie, too. Another Pixar movie called The Good Dinosaur also had a similar problem at the box office, making over $330 million on a budget of $175 to $200 million, which is basically a similar budget to what Onward had. But, wasn't, but, but that movie, The Good Dinosaur, wasn't enough to turn a profit, despite critical acclaim. And Onward was definitely criti- critically acclaimed, too. It was definitely a good move, uh, a hit with audience and critics, but it wasn't enough to make it at the box office because of, because of COVID-19. Onward was moved to Disney Plus two weeks later after its initial, initial release. Unlike The Good Dinosaur, though, Onward tried to tell a great fantasy story that focuses on two, two elf brothers going on a quest to bring back their father, and it has a great message on what it means to be there for each other. Tom Holland and Chris Pratt as Ian and Barley are definitely great in this movie, bringing in the chemistry that this film needs. Even Octavia Spencer as the Manticore is great too, especially how she accidentally burns down her tavern and fighting off the Golem Dragon. Now her fighting off the Golem Dragon was definitely amazing. Kids and adults who have seen the film can relate to what the film is talking about and understand the message that is going on, and that is definitely a common theme in many Pixar movies because many Pixar movies have different types of great messages and it is hard to tell if we are going to see more of Onward I mean do the I mean with low expectations at the box office and COVID-19 you may never know there may be more opportunities for Onward to move forward for new ideas in the future but only time will tell I will say this I will say this, Onward is a movie to watch. And I actually actually really enjoy this movie with a lot of great moments. So I I say Onward is a movie to watch. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Koto Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Koto. Remember to watch movies. And as always, stay positive. Bye.